everyone, and welcome back to Beyond the Veil, a Harry Potter podcast about mental health. I'm your host, Madison Ford. I hope everyone has had a safe trip back to Hogwarts. No flying cars, thestral accidents, no splinching, bumping willows. I hope it's been a smooth transition into our favorite part of the year. Our episode today is an interview with Johanna Lucas, who talks to us about the many ways returning to Potter can help us overcome loneliness and other dark feelings. I hope you enjoy listening. Now, let's dive in. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Beyond the Veil. Today on the show, I have the wonderful Johanna. Joanna, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Yes. Um, So can you start off by telling everybody who's listening just a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I am a mom of two boys. Uh, My husband um, and I have been together for uh, 11 years, married for seven in October. Very exciting. And uh, I work um, part-time. Most of the time I'm at home, but um, with the boys, I stay at home, and then I work part-time at a local dance studio. Um, It's actually the one that I grew up at, so it's nice to be able to go somewhere familiar. Um, But yeah, it's kind of boring, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When I'm at home, though, I do, um, I'm probably on my phone a little too much, and I dive into the world of Facebook groups but otherwise yeah I'm taking care of my kids and trying to keep everybody together and sane I guess (laughs) (laughs) absolutely I think we all fall a little bit into our phones these days so you're not alone Uh, so can you share with us any Potter information about yourself that you you want us to know Sure. Um, I am a very proud Ravenclaw. I have always been a Ravenclaw. Um, I think when I first got into Harry Potter, I was a Gryffindor, but who wasn't? (laughs) (laughs) And then I've learned um, some other things about myself. I'm also a Thunderbird, which I've learned a lot of Ravenclaws are Thunderbirds. I guess it's kind of like, I don't know, their other side for the American school really just it's something that has been in my life um I am on Pottermore and I actually remember when they were they had the whole countdown for the when Pottermore opened up and um I was one of the first people that had a beta account and all of this stuff so um I was very sad when Pottermore changed yes (laughs) Um, so how did you first discover the Harry Potter series? Um, so it started actually through my best friend's mom. She, this is back like maybe 20 years ago, something like that. It's been a long time. Um, it, this is back when the New York Times bestseller list did not have a children's Uh, section to it it was just the New York Times bestseller list for books oh wow and uh, yeah so this is going back (laughs) pretty (laughs) far um and her mom had read it first and then had told her you need to read this book I think you would like it 
and then my friend kind of told me about it after that and um I feel like a horrible Potter fan it took me two years to read the first book um I actually didn't finish the book until the first movie had been out and on DVD um I just could not for the life of me I don't know what it was I don't I don't necessarily know, but every time I pick it up, I'd have to start over. And um, it was just two years of going back and forth with it. But I was caught up in the world because my friend had read all of the books that were available at that point. So I think it was up to Goblet of Fire when she when I finally had finished the first book and then after that it didn't take long for me to read the second third and catch up with the fourth um yeah I feel like a horrible fan because it took me for so long to read the first book (laughs) and then once I got into it like I was in there was no denying it oh well I'm so glad that you got in I know you're not alone I know there are many people who that first chapter in the first book, it must just be something about the Dursleys. They're so they're so intolerable. It's hard to get through that first chapter. Um, yes. <laughs> but so moving into uh, our topics for today, in your submission, you mentioned that uh, when you were in school, you dealt with depression and that the Potter books sort of helped you navigate through that. Um Can you share with us a little bit about what you were going through during school? Sure. So um, I am adopted and I was adopted when I was, I came to the U.S. when I was four months old. Um, My mom and dad are absolutely amazing, but, uh, and I still go through this um, with my depression. A lot of it, I think, stems from the fact, from my adoption, Um, nothing that happened necessarily that they did or that was done, um, but just that sense of, like, not knowing who I am Mm -hmm. or, like, that feeling of not knowing who I am. And, of course, when you're a teenager and you're going through you know, all of the fun changes that happen and like this friend is no longer really your friend, but you were best friends for X amount of years and all of that stuff. And you're trying to navigate through that in between being a kid and being an adult. Um, the books really helped. It was really nice. And the series and everything in general, the fandom and all of that really helped, uh, kind of give me a place to go when I was when other things weren't helping me so like my dancing and stuff and I had my friends and I had my family and things but there were times when I'd be by myself or um, being I'm also an only child so I had a lot of time by myself (laughs) yeah um And because of that, it just kind of like I'd go into this place. And so the books and being able to read them, and especially once um, I got through the first book and everything, and I got to the second one and the third one and the fourth one, it was nice to have that as a, as somewhere to go um, and somewhere to just let myself get into the books, get into the world. Uh, the series helped, the fandom helped because of like fan fictions and things like that. And I would write and write and write and like imagine myself in it and really just giving that, giving me that escape that 
you know, I could be snapped back to reality if I needed to be, but also was able to just kind of separate myself um, because I was, my insomnia actually got really bad when I was in school that um, I would use that to kind of like hone myself in and then like calm myself down and then Mm -hmm. I was able to go to sleep. That's really wonderful. That's a fan fiction is a really powerful tool. Inserting yourself into the world that way is a very powerful way, not only to, uh, I guess, it, to make you feel more connected, especially if you were feeling so alone. Um, I'm really glad you had that outlet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are there is there anything that particularly stands out to you about the fandom or the books? Anything that you that really helped keep you, you know, grounded during those more intense years with uh, depression? Um, I'd say the books helped, um, different things from the books, different inspirational quotes, which we will also talk about that, um, later on, mm-hmm. but in the other topic, but I think the other stuff really, a lot of it had to do with the fandom. Um, I made some amazing friends because of being a part of the fandom um, with the just everything whether it's like and I I wrote a lot of fan fiction I never published I think I published one and I never finished it and I'm really upset with myself that I never did but of course you know yeah (laughs) I even had questions like on fanfiction.net are you gonna make another chapter you could have done that and I never did I just I never felt what I was writing was good enough. <laughs> Clearly, like, people liked what I wrote. Sometimes I'd use main characters. Sometimes I'd use, like, obscure characters like Terry Boot. And um, so, which is actually the one I published. Um, but a lot of it, like, my sophomore year, I want to say, um, a friend of mine was, had a sleepover and um, over New Year's. And this was, like, a recurrent thing. And... Um, we, one of her friends that was there, I'd never met before. And we had had a, for a very long conversation about Harry Potter. I don't remember what we talked about, um, (laughs) or (laughs) any of that. I don't, I just remember that we had this conversation and it's funny because I look back at that night. I look at the first time I met him and he is now my children's godfather. He oh. and my husband, yeah, he got, um, he and my husband met separately. And he's actually, as much as my husband and I are like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> he's actually the reason I met my husband. Oh, wow. Um, because of a chance meeting. Um, and so it just kind of like all came together and, but because of that, like one night of, I met this person and we had a similar fandom and we talked and discussed things that had gone on in the fandom and in the books and everything. It just kind of, um, gave me more people to talk to and more people who understood the books um, along with my friends in school who did, I had some friends who, you know, were absolutely against it and, oh no, that's not okay. And what have you, but 
a lot of my friends did. And so it kind of helped because it kind of fostered that friendship almost because we had that similar view. And the one thing I love about the books and that I love about the series are all of the little things in them. Yeah, you have a boy wizard who, um, you know, is going through this identity crisis basically with himself and you learn about all of that which of course helped me with my identity crisis not knowing my parents and having the like my birth parents and having this whole thing but on the other side of it you have these you know it teaches acceptance and it teaches that everybody you know just because somebody is different doesn't mean that they're not someone you want to get to know and all of this stuff and you know, sometimes the people you want to be with are not the ones you would think you want to and uh, verse with like the Weasleys versus the Malfoys and this and that. And so you learn a lot about how to be a decent human being <laughs> in the, in the books. <laughs> um, and so I feel, uh, and of course, you know, you have those people, but I feel a lot of the people in the fandom who I met when I was going through these, my depression, depressed moments in time, um, in, especially in school and trying to figure myself out really helped with that because like we were all accepting of each other and we all were able to sit there and we were able to have a conversation, whether we agreed or didn't agree with what we were talking about. There wasn't any arguing or any fighting or what have you. It was just a discussion and it was, it was very nice to have. And it was, it's something that I wish that like in today's world we could, and in some cases it's possible, but not everyone can do that. Yeah. <laughs> You also mentioned in your submission, um, you had a kind of difficult time when your son was in the NICU. Um, so can you walk us through what was going on at that time? So um, it actually, it's funny. Um, the night that I went into labor with him, um, I had just finished my working my part-time. I worked like one hour that night and I was going home and doing all this stuff. But the shirt I was wearing, um, it was around right after Halloween. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll just wear this because I don't have a costume to wear for my kid with my kids or whatever at dance. And the shirt I was wearing was um, Dumbledore's quote, happiness can be found in the darkest of times even one just has to remember to turn on the light mm -hmm. and um when I went to labor I was completely like out of left field um unfortunately a lot of the signs that I'd had were not necessarily signs that you think are um completely out of the ordinary so mm -hmm. when it finally came to that point we went in and I was freaking out because when I finally had to get the epidural after being on the Tocin and everything for as long as I was, they had talked about having to cut my shirt. Oh. And I'm like, no, don't cut my, because I couldn't get it. Like, when we got there, the most I was able to do was get the bottoms off and be done. I had my shirt still on, and they needed it up. And luckily, they didn't need to. Thank God. Um, <laughs> I still have that shirt. <laughs> I oh, good. I still wear it. <laughs> I still wear it. Um, but no, so when he went in, it was 
we knew it was going to happen because of how old he was or how what his gestation was. He was 31 weeks and three days when I went in. And when I had him, it was after midnight. So he was technically 31 and four. Um, and obviously, babies born at 31 weeks are not in any way, shape or form able to uh, be. They have to go to the NICU right away. So mm-hmm. having that, sh- like being able to keep that shirt. And seeing that um, at first, you know, with everything, you're confused. And I beat myself up because I'm like, there were signs. And I blamed myself because I couldn't, I didn't recognize them. I didn't see them as an issue. Um, I saw it as just, you know, normal symptoms Mm -hmm. and stuff until it was too late. And so having to get used to seeing him and having to get used to all of that, like it kind of put me back into that place of, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't, and you know, almost hating myself because of it, even though I know I knew at the time and I would have been told by every doctor that I saw and every nurse that it wasn't my fault. I still blamed myself. Mm -hmm. Um, because you don't ever want to see your child go through being poked and prodded and having tubes and lines and this and that and all of that stuff and being on monitors and in the isolate. And so with all of that, with everything going on, having that shirt was kind of that reminder that just keep it positive. There's always something, there's always a light. It's dark. It's like that, that moment in time, the, those, And he was, I was lucky because he was only there for six weeks. There's babies who are there much longer, but Mm -hmm. we'd had issues. We'd been up and down. There were, um, they weren't sure about him having pneumothorax. They weren't sure about this. They weren't sure about, and we had my, like we hit roadblocks and basically that whole experience is just a huge roller coaster ride. Um, you have your ups and your downs and the one thing with it and with the series um, I had for my oldest gotten, you know, the tales of Beetle the Bard and I was reading that to my youngest and all of that in utero. And then when he was born, um, now of course I hadn't had my books with me, but I, I didn't take them with me in, but I started reading the first book again. Um, I started using my coping mechanisms from before because I was going into this depression and, you know, I didn't necessarily write like I did before, but like I thought about stories that I'd written prior and like, what could I change from it? What could I do this? Mm -hmm. Um, But that's the quote. It's one of my favorite quotes from the series and it really helped me get through it because Every time something bad happened or any time I'd go in, I would always look for that little bit of happiness in the situation. Um, Whether it was just, there's no change. He's not getting worse. Mm -hmm. You know, so, hey, that's something to be happy about. He's not getting worse. Um, We had a moment where we were doing like really well and everything was looking great. And they were talking about um, me bringing the car seat in for his test and all of that. Um, 
And basically, the car seat test is they get in the car seat for like an hour, and they're on monitors to check to make sure they can breathe and everything's fine. They'll be able to handle it when they're in the car. And so, and that's like one of the last things you do before you get discharged. And they mm-hmm. were talking about this, and then we had this huge setback, massive setback. They actually um, stopped feeding him and all of that because of it. Oh, and wow. so, yeah, and. And then, of course, that was another hurdle was getting him to feed again. Um, but after he was allowed to finally start taking uh, my milk again. But it was that moment of, okay, you know, I had to step back. I had that I'm going to pity myself for a few seconds here and, like, freak out and freak out and tell my husband what's going on. And then I went back to, okay, where is the happiness in this? Well, the next day, he was looking good. He didn't look like most babies who had this um, issue. He was, he still looked healthy. He was still, his normal, uh, his normal self. I'm telling you, this child is a Slytherin, and he has always been a Slytherin. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He's a very... He, he really is. And while he, you know, it, it was very brave and I was very, you had to stay strong. This, oh, <laughs> he, he's ambitious and he gets what he wants, however he wants it. And, you know, he pushed through it and I, you know, and every day it was, okay, where's the chain? What, you know, is, did he get worse? No. Okay, good. Did he get better? No, but at least he didn't get worse. And so... I really think changing my view on everything helped get through it. And that quote is really what helped me. And then when he turned a year old, we actually had his birthday was chapter one, The Boy Who Lived. And it was a Harry Potter birthday, which, of course, um, I had actually taken that theme from somebody else that I'd seen in another in the group that I'm in but it was very nice um because I got to not only have a Harry Potter birthday party for my son but it meant a lot because that really was like that point in time you know those first six weeks we didn't know we weren't sure what we should do um we just kind of had to roll with it and so having that quote and having the series and the fan and the Phantom again and everything just kind of and all of the things that encompass it really um, made it easier to get through. Um, like my husband and I, we had our faith and we, you know, we asked for prayers and stuff. But for myself, just having that, okay, there is a light. There is there is something good in everything that is being told to me, whether it is the most minuscule thing that you can think of where oh he gained you know a little bit of weight or oh good he uh, only had this many episodes to being able to see that and helping me stay strong through the situation because if I wasn't strong I don't know how strong he would have been Mm -hmm. so absolutely wow and what a how powerful that that could walk you through that that's it's a powerful quote and uh i'm just i'm i'm just a little you know uh 
at a loss for words. It's just, it's so powerful. That had to be such a difficult time. And I'm just so glad that 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 was there for you to be a life raft. Um, thank you so much for sharing and, you know, being vulnerable and talking about this. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It seems like you were able to come back, you know, you in this difficult time, you kind of, like you said, you kind of went back to your old ways in reading the Harry Potter books again, thinking about some of the old fan fictions that you wrote. Um, so in what other ways has the Potter series been there to support you either since that time or, you know, since it's been there for you uh, at its inception when you first read it? I would say... In general, it's always there. It's always been there, whether it's just me trying to get to sleep or um, because I still deal some nights with insomnia, which is, you know, I'm still like a very big night owl, even though I have to get up super early to get my kids ready, my oldest ready for school. But (laughs) it's been there really the... The nice thing about when the inception, when it when I first got into it and everything, the thing that was amazing about it was there was always something new, something to learn. And I know there are some parts of the canon, the true canon, that some people are just like, nope, I don't like that, especially when we get into some of the outside things from the original series. Um, But there was always something. So whether it was a new book or a new movie coming out, there was always something to keep me in that in in the fandom and really like set myself in and get that every piece that I could at that point. Um, And then, of course, over time, you know, I never really stepped away completely, but I did have moments where it was just, oh, yeah, I like Harry Potter, you know. Oh, cool, you do too? That's awesome. And that would be about it because the movie stopped and there weren't any new books until um, technically Cursed Child came back out. And so it was just a lot of like, oh, that's cool. And And I would go back and I'd have moments where I would write or you know, read the books. And when Beetle the Bard came out, of course, I read that and I had it. And for my kids, especially because, you know, I wanted them to experience the world without having to read the first book to them because they were so young, um, which we are slowly getting through right now. Oh, yeah. Very slowly. (laughs) Very slowly. (laughs) My oldest and my young, my oldest does ask and my youngest does too to read Harry Potter. So then I'm like, okay, and I have the first ebook and I'm slowly but surely getting through the first book um not as slow as the first time around but (laughs) (laughs) it is it's a process because I get through like three or four maybe half a chapter and then they're asleep Mm -hmm. so (laughs) then I have to start over where I was finished um but yeah uh actually so in that's like the general aspect but um a month ago back in april um my husband and i went through something that really like hit us hard and on top of that my dad had been having health issues too and we had this moment of happiness and then we had this moment of sadness and my dad was getting better and then we had this moment of really big sadness and we you know, we both cope in different ways and we both deal with things in different ways. And, uh, my dad's 
now doing much better. But of course, you know, our other thing that had happened um, mm-hmm. really hit us. And so he's he copes and deals and handles things differently. But one thing that helped me, again, were quotes. Um, of course, we have our faith and we have all of that. But like, for whatever reason, I found and I feel weird saying this because he and I both do, you know, we, we are Christian, what have you, but we're two different sects of it. He Mm -hmm. was one and that was, but we both had that, but I think having the quotes from the series helped me as terrible as it is for me to say this, or not so much, I don't know, um, (laughs) a little more because it was a little less cryptic. Yeah. Um, and a little more, you know, this is the way it is. And so, uh, you know, Sirius Black has the one where it's the one, the quote, and I'm going, I swear I'm going to misquote it, but it has, you know, the ones we lose never really leave us. Um, and all of that. And of course, then going back to the happiness, you know, there is always, there's always a light somewhere, Mm -hmm. no matter how difficult it was or where my mind was going and um I had actually really gone back into that almost I it was almost worse than when my youngest was in the NICU and I don't necessarily I guess my being busy and my schedule and just having all of that stuff, I would get moments of just, it was dark. And so um, I had to, you know, I can't be in that place. I have things that need to happen and things to do and all of that. So I kind of took those quotes and things and enjoyed my, um, all of that the and looked at them and like looked up the quotes and different ones and those two really stood out of course you know always trying to live by the happiness and getting myself in that if I'm in a dark getting into a bad place um but the other thing is the fandom that we love uh has encompassed so much more now as for me as a mom um in some of my friends also being in that people I've met online who are absolutely amazing and just very helpful with it and of course you know we all have this connection because we all love Harry Potter um and so it's kind of nice to have that too um but yeah, it definitely, aside from the series, because I'm going through them again, there's a book club I'm part of with one of the groups, and um, we're reading, we're now in the fifth book. And so being able to read them again, but also having those quotes and having those things to look for and um, seeing them online and being able to search and, you know, I'm looking for a quote for this or I'm looking for a quote for that. It's kind of nice. <laughs> Um, because like I said they're not so cryptic and it's not so like well how do I interpret that it's very black and white for the Mm -hmm. most part 
Um, and so it really helped and it helped get back out of that place where I was at. Um, basically for like the last month, I'd go back and forth between and, you know, it just, it was one of those things that I really had to grasp and obviously get my head around it and all of that but yeah um those those quotes really helped um and of course you know everyone's favorite quote by professor lupin where eat you'll feel better mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course you know you dive into chocolate and okay fine. Yes. um but yeah yes <laughs> but in general you know it just it, it was nice to have that and it was nice to be able to find. And also there are so many, um, just beautiful things by other fans and that income that have to do with the quotes and they're just like the photos and stuff. And it just, it kind of solidified the fact that this is a fandom I love and I can odd as an adult, it's weird to say, but use in my almost everyday life because of these things that are said, because of these things that these characters who you you grow to love um, do or react to or, you know, handle things when life is hard and rough and all of that, it just gives you that outlet and it mm-hmm. gives you a place to find peace. Absolutely. That's a wonderful word for it. Peace. So we're coming to the end of our time, Joanna. And I just want to know, do you have any final words of wisdom or advice or anything else you want to share with everyone? I would say for the people who are listening who might be battling the Dementors or the Bogarts in their life, you know, the fandom is there. The people are there. I've met a lot of amazing people. Um, the series is there if you just want to dive in and not have to deal with other people and things and drama, what have you. But there are amazing people out there in the fandom who can help um, raise a wand for, you know, whatever it is. They can give the highest amount of support that there is and you know if you're looking for something if you're looking for a quote if you're looking for I don't know how to handle the situation it's all out there um the idea of having you know those dementors coming after you because that's the depression or bogarts or anxiety or what have you you're not alone and these books and the series and the whole world that it encompasses can help in so many ways that you know it just takes a little bit to find it but then you will find that happiness and you will find the people that or the thing that will help you through it whatever it is that will give you the peace that you need um whether it's reading the books, listening to the audiobooks, writing, reading, 
fan fictions if I know some fans are not into it but some fans are you know what have you it's a whole world of just endless possibilities to help whatever it is that you're dealing with to help you get through it because that is what I think a lot of us find the help in is getting through something with knowing that there's a connection somewhere and that you can take that fan, that fictional place and turn it into something to help you handle. I'm rambling. <laughs> no, no. I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, it's you really, that's, there is such an abundance of, um, I mean, it's, it's just that there's an abundance within the fandom and there are so many resources you know, if it's just the books themselves, if it's a, a Facebook group or something, it's, uh, this is a whole other world you can insert yourself into. And thank you for, thank you for sharing that. So Joanna, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing so much. I think this is a really, really wonderful, uh, stories you have for everybody. And I can't thank you enough for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. That was my interview with Joanna. Joanna, thank you for sharing your story. Before I sign off here, I wanted to remind y'all that we do have a space for anonymous stories at the end of our show. If you have a story that you'd like to share, but maybe you don't want to be a guest, or maybe you don't want to share your name, you can send in an anonymous whisper on our website. We haven't had any come in in a while, so I just wanted to remind you in case you're new here or if you'd forgotten. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can also submit your story on our website, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can so we can schedule you to be a guest. Um, if you're not following us on social media, you can find us at Beyond the Veil Pod on Instagram and Facebook, and Beyond the Veil MN, as in MuggleNet, on Twitter. Feel free to join me next week for another conversation in the Headmaster's office. Take care. Mm-hmm.